In this episode of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast, I sit down with celebrity brand strategist Isaac Ham III, or some might know him as Izzy Ike. And we talk about all things brand. You know, Nike, Apple, Google, and you. Because you are a brand. Everything you do that represents yourself is a brand. The way you talk, the way you show up, it's all your brand. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, with the episode. The brand is you. Words of my brother Terry, a message for you haters. Understand me, you fit. Adversity reveals genius. Prosperity conceals it. Please believe it. So I'm a spit lyrics up. Keep it believing. And I'm going to always be me. I keep it 100. I mean it. Adversity reveals genius. Prosperity conceals it. Please believe it. So I'm a spit lyrics up. Keep it believing. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. I'm your host, Terry Glenn Harris. And today I have the privilege, the pleasure, the opportunity, the honor of having on the show um, the celebrity brand strategist, Mr. Isaac Ham III, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia right now. But this man is not just Atlanta. He's not just Philly. He's not just Cali. He's doing so much um, and such great positive things that I was honored when he said yes to sitting down with us today. So wherever you're listening from right now, I want to introduce to all of you uh, the celebrity brand strategist himself, Isaac Ham III. Welcome to the show, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Listen, I'm, I'm it, super proud of you too with the podcast. Um, it's a, it's the new wave, you know, with everybody sitting home. But well, now people are starting to come out the house slowly but surely. But it, I found it to be the new wave of getting information out. So right. I'm, I'm excited to be able to share information on your platform. And we, I'm going to have you on my show too. So you know, so okay, we're going to flip flop, and I'm have you on my show to talk to you as well. Hey, let's do it, man. Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited. Um, I, like, I, again, I thank you for your time. I thank you for, you know, sitting down. That's one thing I never take for granted is somebody's time and their willingness to, you know, pause for a second, you know, with their busy lives and just sit down, have a conversation, talk about things going on in the world, talk about your brand, um, which this episode is entitled The Brand Is You. And that is your brand. Um, so I thought it, you know, appropriate to title it that as that's what we will be talking about today. Um, but as I start every podcast interview that I do, I want to start it the same with you. And I want to ask the question, who is Isaac Ham, and why does the world need to hear his voice? Um, you know, that question is always funny because when people say, who are you? And, and sometimes it's really hard to pinpoint one thing because I'm able to do a lot of things as a person, as a human being, um, mm -hmm. not, not job title, just as a human. And, um, you know, I am somebody's son, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I think I'm a good friend first. Uh, and I'm just, I'm a go-getter. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur who, who wants to see other entrepreneurs um, be great and learn mm -hmm. from um, 
So I don't not, never know how to answer that question because like, who are you? You know, I could say I'm a black man. I could say uh, I'm an educated man. I could mm-hmm. just say that I'm, I'm a happy man. Um, but I just feel like I'm just, I'm a giver. I'm somebody who cares about what, um, when I say something out my mouth, I'm a person that cares about how that reaction at the pros and cons, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, of, uh, of when I say stuff. So I don't know. I never know how to answer that. I had a, um, uh, interview with Tiffany Bacon and she asked me who was I and I was so confused because I was like wait who am I <laughs> you know all this time I'm like I am somebody you know right, what I mean exactly and I kind of think it's just like one of them things like you as a person define who you are uh, you mm-hmm. know what I mean so I don't think no answer is a bad answer when people say who are you um, I agree what was the other part of the question it was who are you and why does the world need to hear your voice um, I think the world needs to hear my voice because I speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being from Philly, you know, we we always like, you know, I'm not being Joe. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not that guy. You know, and and also like living here in Atlanta, it's funny because I always tell people when I moved to Atlanta, I couldn't tell you about a Peachtree Street. I couldn't tell you about. Uh, Atlantic Station. Like, I couldn't tell you nothing about Atlanta. I didn't move to Atlanta because of the hype. I moved because I I knew that in Philadelphia, I was hitting that ceiling that, but I needed to go somewhere else, you know, before I cracked the the ceiling. You know what I mean? I needed to be able to say, you know what, I'm here on this level in Philadelphia. I know everybody here. So my goal was, hey, I'm going to go to Atlanta and bring people back to Philadelphia. Mm, Okay. I'm going to go to Atlanta and I'm going to allow my platform to help others grow in Philadelphia. So artists that I used to, when I did my open mics, it's like, you know, so I think the world needs to hear my voice because I, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who, who is opens up their connections. I opened up my platform to anybody who, um, you know, who just anybody that I, I, I think is, is worthy of that because you can't mm-hmm. give everybody, you can't give everybody the key to stuff, especially if they're not prepared. And I, and I know I'm like jumping a little bit, but even with um, being an author now, June 5th made me an official author uh, with my book, The Brand Is You, Five Easy Steps. The book talks about your steps. So your mm-hmm. first step is who is you as a brand? You know, what is your brand identity? And if you're calling me saying, yo, I'm, Ike, I'm, coming, to, I'm coming to Atlanta or Ike, I'm doing this. Or do you know who your brand is? And right. then the fifth step is, are you consistent being consistent? So I'm confused when people want to move to Atlanta and they're like, I'm here. I'm like, well, were you consistent in Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. You can't come okay. down here and lie your way through because so when I, my voice is heard, I'm telling you the truth. I'm like, listen, you weren't doing crap in Philly. Don't come down here and just be another car on 85 or 75 or 285 or 20. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's a lot of people already here. So right. don't come and hold my, my, my daily routine, you know, traffic up because you just want to come and say you live in Atlanta. So wow. um, it's just, I, I think I just speak the truth. I don't mm-hmm. really hold yeah. back too much of anything. I don't care how hood you are. I don't care. If, I don't care nothing. I tell you the truth. And if you can, if you paying me to tell you the truth, I think you should have more respect to say, okay, I did pay him to tell me that. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's why my voice should be heard when when speaking because I just don't. I'm not hyped. I know these celebrities. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay. They're human. If I if I, you know, cut them, they're gonna bleed just like I I would bleed if somebody right. cut me. So we're all human. It, y'all just have a little title, you know that gotcha. gets y'all. You know. But. That man, that was a. Uh... 
yeah that 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 was a lot of gems so i hope i hope as y'all are listening you picked out a couple because i definitely picked out a couple there because when so when you moved to atlanta i i feel like you moved before the wave so it's kind of like you gotten there and it wasn't the i call it the new york of the south because you know it's so congested now but everybody wasn't there yet and it's like when you moved there and then you started, I'm a, something that we're going to talk about later. So I don't want to kind of bring it up yet, right. but you started, you know, um, one of the events that you were doing when you were in Philadelphia. So picking your life up and moving it from the hustle and bustle of Philly to Atlanta, some would say that took guts. Other people would say that it took faith, but what would, what would you say it took? Um, I don't, you know, I, so everybody is different. So me being different was, I don't have nothing holding me back. You know what I'm saying? So if I would have moved to Atlanta and failed as an entrepreneur, um, I first, I knew that I had my blood uncle here. And I also knew that I had the support of my family in Philadelphia. So I never looked at it like a lot of people I meet here in Atlanta, their story is, my mom don't understand me. My grandmom don't understand me. I'm mm-hmm. going to move to Atlanta and build. The thing is, people come in here and they build these families. So they have like these, you know, their Friendsgivings and, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing the whole Thanksgiving friend thing. They're always right. in each other's house having potluck and they're building families. That's not my story because when I decided, I literally, um, quick story was 2014, like I told you, I've never been to Atlanta. And, you know, I went to Georgia when I was little, like Adel, Georgia. Like I was young, wasn't driving in the mm-hmm. van with my mom and family, family reunion type stuff. I didn't know nothing as an adult. So in October 2014, I worked for a promotions company where we did the Hoodie Awards, which is Steve Harvey's um, right. his award show that he did. And it's a, like a convention type of thing. So I was working for E1, a marketing company that was hired by E1. So we was promoting... Um, uh, Erica Campbell, uh, James Fortune, all this stuff. And that's the first time as an adult that I witnessed how beautiful Atlanta was. Okay. So January of 2015, I befriended a good friend of mine. We're friends to this day. Um, and he was just like, yo, let me know next time you come to Atlanta. I got you. Like, just hit me. I was like, bet. January 2015, I went to Atlanta. I stayed with a, a middle school friend of mine that lives out there. He's from Philadelphia. And um, I hung out with the friend. I went to a kick, they call them kickbacks here, like which is a, like a house party. Um, uh-huh. Went there, I met multiple people who are important in the industry that are popular within the gospel, because he's more gospel. So I was meeting those people. And um, I went to Dream Center, Bishop William Murphy's church. And right. in that, and I was already thinking about moving us, you know, letting, waiting for God to kind of just give me these these clues, like I should just go ahead and move. Mm -hmm. And I went there and Bishop William Murphy said, March is the month for building month. uh, March is the month for for moving. And at this point, Dream Center was about to move from the location to another location, which is um, Bishop Paul Morton's church, old church where, you know, so it was a whole thing. So I'm like, I'm hearing him tell this preach about March being that, that month that you are supposed to move. Mm-hmm. And so I came back home. I was there for a week, came back home. I was just hearing the word like completion, completion. And I'm in my apartment. I'm like, I'm moving in March. Wow. 
And mind you, I had a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm out. I didn't even really tell my mom. I told my mom, but I didn't ask for her her blessing or anything right. like that. I was just like, cool. I put my two weeks notice in. I started looking for apartments. I wound up asking my uncle if I could stay with him. Um, my mom, of course, cried, but my family was like, do what you got to do. You know, they was hype and everything like that. And that's how I got down here. It wasn't because I was watching Housewives or... <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, what's, what's this thing? Or what's this? Re-? Like, I didn't know nothing about that. I literally right. came in here. And I just, what I did was, as I packed up my stuff, and I packed up my two-door Honda Accord, right? Packed that up. And um, I also packed up my blueprint. Okay. My mental blueprint of what Isaac Ham, how he's been, what he's been right. doing all these years. You know, I started in twenty um, two thousand and one as an intern at at um, at, a, at uh, the radio station in Philly, and I count that as day one because that day one was the experience. You know, that process of um, getting that internship, uh, applying myself in that internship, standing out. You know, having to stand out in that in that internship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so back to the moving thing, because the whole internship thing is, is another story as well. Um, but that's how I got to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So I think it took some faith. I took it. I think it took um, confidence. Um, and just because the problem is, too, a lot of people, since I've been moving here, since I've been here, it's like, man, forget Philly. Man, forget this. Forget. And it's just like, OK, cool. You can say forget that. But what's your plan when you come down here? Right. I know two people that moved in here at least three times in the five years of me being here. Wow. Like, so move okay. down there, move back, move down there. Yes. Move back. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. And then when they, one of the times they was living on somebody's couch, but they was posting that they was here. But my whole thing is like, when I moved, nobody, nobody knew I was moving. Mm-hmm. It took like three years for people to really grasp the concept that I was down in Atlanta and I wasn't in Philadelphia anymore. Um, so I just feel like people need to just move in silence. Right. You know, never disrespect Philly because if you got to come back, you need to be able to say, I can always come back to Philadelphia and mm-hmm. live and be okay and not feel fearful of, well, you said forget Philly or you right. said this negative about Philly. I'm down. You would never catch me with a ATL hat on. You would never catch me with that. You won't catch me with no Philly's hat on either. But the fact <laughs> that matter is, like, I live here. Right. Some people move here and they try and like, grabs grasp the concept of Atlanta. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I, I pronounce the T in Atlanta. I don't call it Atlanta. It's right. Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? I don't say College Park. I say it's College Park because that's not my, this, this is not where I'm from. Now, when right. I go back to Philly and I say John and Bull and John, mm-hmm. you know, like that's when I embrace my culture, but I'm not going to pick up this culture just for what? Right. You know, that's like when people go to New York that don't live in New York, they say New York. And I'm like, you're not from there. Just it's New York. That's where you're right. going. But people try and take on these cultures. And it's like, that's, that's, you know, that's a lot yeah. of energy. To do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was just like, you know. Um, when people come to Philly who are not from Philly and they go and they, they don't order a cheesesteak, they order a Philly cheesesteak. And right yeah. then and there, the dude at Max's knows okay, he's not from Philly because exactly. he's ordered a Philly cheesesteak. I feel you. But speaking of cheesesteaks, because, you know, I'm a little greedy. I'm a little fat boy. And it's like, <laughs> right in my heart, it's like the section in my heart that's like, yo, you're fat. Like, I need you to just eat. So I love to eat. You know, people don't know what a salmon cheesesteak is. Like, people, be like, they're like, what is that? And I'm like, it's just chopped up salmon on a cheese, on a, you know, right. on, a, on, on bread, just like a cheesesteak. And it's right. like, so when I go back to Philly, I'll, man, 
damn, I want one right now. And I got family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a couple of spots that, um, you know, like it's, it's one spot that I know of now um, in West Oak Lane called King's, a King's Cafe. So uh-huh. that, that they're good. They got some good Philly cheesesteaks or you know some got, good salmon cheesesteaks. You know who got a good one? Chuck's Alibi in the Northeast. They oh, got, okay. I, I didn't know they had yeah, I was secretly introduced because somebody, we was around there and they was like, you have salmon cheese? And they was like, we do, but it's not on the menu. I was like, give oh. me one. When I was just home. I went and got one. I was like, I can't leave without one. But that's yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the fat boy in me. Um, <laughs> oh, and I was just home last week and I had a water ice and people don't know what water ice is. They're right. here for real, for real. And I had a pretzel and mustard and I used the pretzel to scoop the yeah. water ice and ate it That's together. the only way to eat it. And people like, <laughs> you my IG, the people are like, that's nasty. Ew, ew. I'm no, like, not at all. Who uses a spoon for water Nobody. ice? They don't I even give them to you anymore. It's like, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, why do you need one of those? Absolutely. <laughs> You I mean, unless you're getting a gelati, you don't really need a spoon. So. Exactly. exactly. So, um, but you know what? I want to, I know um, I was talking about the internship um, situation. And, you know, even with that, and um, we talk about, you know, building, like being the brand is you, you know, that's mm-hmm. my mantra. And sometimes you have to believe in yourself. And a quick story with me interning at Philly 13.9 is crazy because I applied for it. And because I had a great relationship with um, a lady at Community College of Philadelphia, she was able to call and get me an internship um, okay. with the radio station because she knew the promotions director. Okay. And I, I look at things like that. That's why I always count that from day one because that was the day, that was the that time frame of the hustle. That was mm-hmm. the time frame of if you want to be somebody, you want to go somewhere, you better wake <laughs> up. Like It's like one of them things. It's like an it's like you have to believe in yourself. So anybody mm-hmm. that's listening, the, the key to everything is believing in yourself. You know, I always say, if you build it, they shall come. And right. you build with confidence and people will start coming to you. I walk in rooms and people flock to me and I don't do it on purpose. I just walk in the room. But when I walk in the room on, with a purpose, mm-hmm. it's like, he knows somebody, he is somebody, I need to get to know him. You know, sometimes right. it's a little scary when people just around you and you're just like, what do you want? Um, so you have to be uh, mindful of that. But like that internship, I would never take it for granted because I'm, I met Lady B. Lady B gave me my first um, uh, backstage pass. It was uh, when State Property and Jay-Z and all of them were friends. And, okay. cool thing. and I got to meet Redman. I got to see Jay-Z's chain. It was as big as my head. Now, this is back <laughs> in the morning you know, freeway and all of them. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But that experience allowed me to see backstage. That experience also reminds me of what not to do. Not that Mm -hmm. I did anything, but what not to do and what to do while you're backstage, you know? So then, and Lady B, I always heard Tiffany Bacon, I always let them know about how they really influenced um, and have a big impact in in my career. You know, those little things kept Tiffany Bacon with her open mics giving me her blessing to do my open mic. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, that's dope. So I take stuff, Shelly Williams from Urban Expression. So it's just so many things that I take, I don't take for granted. And I right. keep so close and near and dear to me. Like, can nobody say nothing bad about those three women? Cause mm-hmm. they really, and Deanna Williams, like nobody can say nothing about them. Cause I will fight you. Cause they, <laughs> and they motivate me right. uh, to keep on doing, you know, when I do certain stuff, I think about those women that, help me you know mm-hmm. like and, and then i think about people like charlie mack i think about i think about a lot of people who are hustlers in philly that right. go 
that are known outside of Philadelphia. But anyway, I'm sorry, I went on like a whole. Oh, that's good. And then I like it's, it's also showing your humility because sometimes you know we will we'll get to a certain level and we'll we'll hit a certain um, place and we forget about everybody who you know was there everyone who even if they just answered a question or yeah. if they just said hey yeah just c take this ride with me and drop gems you know and gave yeah. you advice on you know this is how i did it this is what didn't work for me this is what did work for me you know so i, I believe that humility is very important which you absolutely show um now speaking of the brand is you Mm -hmm. That is that is the name of your brand. So how do you discover that name and why that name in particular? You honestly, I don't I cannot tell you where it came from. Um I think it's really just because I believe that we are a brand mm -hmm. and everything I do is that that mantra, you know, is the heading of it. So the book is the brand is you, and then it's five easy steps to building a successful brand. I'm also working on a workbook and that's going to be called the brand is you changing your perception. Okay. So the workbook is going to be a, like a good workbook where you can like do about, I think I have like five activities, excuse me, in there and there's some Q and A. So it's a book that you're going to be able to live with. You're going to be able to kind of go back to and set goals and say, okay, I, this was three months ago. Where am I at now? You know, okay. people. but the brand is you. I don't know. I just feel like everybody's a brand. As you can see um, my shirt, you know, the brand is you. That's just a mantra. That's just something that I believe in. And I want to motivate people. Um, like your shirt says, uh, I am dope. And it's like, that's motivating me as I'm reading it. Cause I'm like, I am dope. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But I want people to see my shirt. And along with this shirt, I have other shirts like love your brand. Um, right. Brand definition where I made it to where it's the, really the definition of John. So brand is, can be a person, place, or thing. Right. Um, but I just, I think that, that I just, I just love it because people are a brand and also too, the, the wave of uh, branding, you know, and that's kind of like a, I hate the word, I hate the phrase branding. You know, when people say, you know, I, I'm doing branding and I'm like, but they don't know that it still has a marketing component to it. You mm -hmm. know, when you think about the word brand, um, if you go way back, you think about the fact that farmers back in the day used to brand their cows and right. brand their animals. So you'll know, you can identify that, that, okay, that's Terry's. Okay. Then that's Ike's cow because it has a UB on it or it has mm -hmm. a IH on it or whatever. And people have to understand like that's the brand, but then it's right. also a marketing component to it because if I'm if I'm an, an author and I like to drink coffee at let's just use Starbucks. I know some black people don't fool with Starbucks. I get that brand. <laughs> um, and that's why I'm gonna drink this coffee or go to um, uh, Bobby's bookstore, just mm -hmm. whatever. And if that's your culture, that's your demographic, and you're placed in that then that's your brand. You do these particular things as a person, your brand and what you're trying to sell to the world. But then it's also the strategy of the branding and that's right. where the marketing com comes in. So I'm always, so when people say that, I, that bothers me because I don't think people know how to do the marketing side of it. They just say, okay, I can do a flyer, I can do a photo shoot and then that's your brand. And okay, blue looks good on you. So you're gonna use blue. That's your color palette. But who's who's watching this? Like who's looking at this? Who are you right. targeting as a brand? So the brand is you. So just I'm always just reminding people that you have to remember what do you want people to learn and glean from you when you post something mm. that you're selling or, or that you're trying to market. So um, Okay. 
but yeah, the brand is you. That's just a, a great slogan that I think motivates a lot of people to just remember that they they are dope. <laughs> Absolutely, because <laughs> we all have something to offer. And yeah, even, even if you are somebody who, you know, punches a clock, does the nine to five, you are still, you know, I, I always look at it as you're, you are the asset. Like yeah. the company needs you. That's exactly. why they reached out to you because they needed you, not necessarily the other way around. Even though we all do need a paycheck, that yeah. company needed you. That's why they said, hey, we'd like to offer you this interview you know, exactly. even though you went and applied for the position. So exactly. And in and in my book, you know, I talk about that, you know, um, and I always stress to people, I'm in entertainment, but people reading like I my cousin, she read the book and she is a cancer survivor. She's a grown woman. She ain't really trying to do nothing. She just like, look, I'm trying to keep this, you know, my 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 stress level down. Mm-hmm. But then she read my book and she was like, Wait, I'm a brand? I'm like, Yeah, you know, Absolutely. your mother. Your sister, your you know when you know as an employee, you know you know your brand, your okay. So your brand is equivalent to your reputation. Mm-hmm. So I tell people that what do you want your reputation to be in wherever you are. So if you're at work, what do you want that reputation that your reputation to be? Okay, if you're on time, your brand is that you're an on time employee. Mm-hmm. If you're late, your your brand is <laughs> your reputation is that you're a late employee. Right. So I feel like. Um, if you do an event, you're as good as your last. Or mm-hmm. you have a podcast, your podcast is as good as your last. So you always have, are trying to step it up every time you talk to somebody new and each week. Right. Uh, so so th- that is your brand. That is your reputation. Um, and so I look at it like that, too. So when people are like, I'm not entertainment, blah, 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 but I'm like, are you a mother? Are you a father? Are you a mm-hmm. sister? Like, what other things are you that you want to be better? And and I also stress in that book about a SWOT analysis, which is your strength, weakness, opportunity, and threats. Right. So anybody can do that and write out their strength, write out any weaknesses, write out any opportunities or threats. So even in your job, what are my opportunities? A raise, but what department would I raise into? Would it be management? Would I be, you know, my, you know, is it lateral? Mm-hmm. Like, so there's so many ways that you can take, that you can apply what's in the book or what, or when you hear me speak on things that is just for an everyday person. Right. Uh, so, so with the book, what made you decide that this was the time to write the book and put the book out? So, our, okay, so before this book, I had two other concepts. Like, even the picture on the, on the, um, the book cover was a was a I took that picture in LA in March okay. and, and I put that on the book because the original book was going to be 13 chapters it was going to be called the brand is you I'm not famous just popular and it was really going to start it was going to tell the story of me grad it literally opens up with me graduating high school and the next step was me interning and it was going to really tell my life of how I got to where I am today, moving to okay. Atlanta and all that stuff. Then I had to realize, I said, okay, so what is my demographic? Who am I as a person? What do I like to do? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't like to read, right? I don't like to read long novels and long, you know, 100,000 pages, right? So I said, maybe my demographic, maybe who I'm going to market to don't like to read long stories, right. long content, all that stuff. Then I started researching the fact that you can do an ebook and put mm-hmm. it online and let it just be a Kindle or, you know, a download a file. So I said, oh, shoot. OK, I'll do that. So when I released my book, 
I made sure that it was enough pages that people can eat off of. Okay. I got right to the point. I tell a story. I tell them who I am, why I am, and what you need to do as a person. And if you need more, you can you can call me. You can inbox me. You can email me to do a one-on-one consultation. So right. that who, where, where, when, and why, and how you can get me to be the person that helps you with these steps that you may still be unsure of, mm-hmm. which then allows me to go into this workbook, which is going to allow me to then do a a, um, a, a webinar, you okay. know, so I'm placing myself to where you're going to keep on wanting to eat off of what I'm, what I'm, what I, um, what I am selling in a, in a good way. So in a timely way. So I'm like, I, I know in my mind, I had the marketing in my head to say, this is how I want people. So by January, people are going to say, I want to take your webinar. I want to take your class because right. I've been listening to you on your podcast, on your IG lives, mm-hmm. dropping goods. So I have to build my my fan base up of who because I can't I can't drop a book and then say, hey, pay me one hundred and fifty dollars to take my class. Right. They need to believe that I'm consistent with educating you on things, which is branding, which is the things that I'm putting in this book. I need to be able to speak fluently and let people know that it's not a makeshift thing. I didn't copy and paste some Oprah said or Tyler Perry said and put it in the book. Right. You know, all this right. in the book is all my emotions, is all my feelings and all the things that I, how I think about a specific thing, which is branding and marketing. Um, you asked the question about the books. Yeah. So this wasn't the original, the original book. Cause mm-hmm. I was going to, cause I, I struggle when, when people are like, Ike, 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 I'm like, I'm not famous. I'm just popular. And I wanted to really like understand how one people to understand how that feels because right. I'm not famous, you know, but then what is that? So I was struggling with figuring out what is famous and then what is popular. So okay. I kind of put on the book. So I had a bunch of chapters. So what I did was now I'm going to just take those 13 chapters. I had 13 titles. I worked on three chapters and what I'm going to do is just start creating more eBooks. Okay. So I'm going to create 50 pages or less books that I can turn around quicker instead of focusing so much on this novel that I was trying to do. Okay. And I'm like, maybe people don't want to read that long. And if I can feed them and have them nibble on this, that, and the other, that's the longevity of being an author. Absolutely. You give them everything. And then what else, what else am I going to do? I got to wait five years to come up with, create, <laughs> you know, more content. Right. So I was like, yeah, like, let me, let me give, Give my people, my my followers, the people who I'm who I'm seeking after. Let's get them something to read that they right. don't feel like. Damn, I'm still reading this book. I'm over it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Books I got, and I just skim through it, and I go to the chapter that tells me what I want to learn and stuff like that. And I just I pick them up from ran, you know time to time. But in that time, I could have bought twenty more books right. at a smaller amount of pages and got the same information. So. I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a market for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's a market for people that like to sit and read all day. I'm not that guy, and I wouldn't force it on nobody to right. read 100 pages, 200 pages of me talking. So and you're right. You're writing basically what you would want to read, which yeah. is important as a brand, um, which you are yourself. So so with that and with that being your approach, what has been either your greatest or one of your greatest life lessons thus far? Um, a, a big lesson that I always tell people, um, never look for your friends to, to support you. Um, and not, and I, and I stress this, not cause they don't like you, not cause they being a hater. Mm-hmm. Sometimes friends is real. Sometimes friends don't support something because they feel like, Oh, well we friends. They, he know why I'm not. Oh, she know why. No. <laughs> 
when I was doing my open mics, I never looked for my mom to come through the door. I never looked for my sister, my cousin. I looked for the fire, somebody that worked at a fire, that's a firefighter. I look for somebody that's mm-hmm. a secretary. I look for somebody that's a student. And I look for people I don't know. I look for people who don't have nothing to do because at the end of the day, when you have all your friends and family there, they're going to want your attention. Right. They're going to like, they, they may pay to get in, but then they may want to, where, where should I sit? Where should I, yo, go sit over. Like, I look at it like this. <laughs> I want to see new faces in everything that I do. Right. And I'm, and I'm speaking on, I'm speaking on like an event open mic because a lot of people will throw an event and they're like why are you not supporting me because they're your family and their friends and they think they know you better to say oh well he'll understand i have a best friend that don't come to nothing and okay. he always got an excuse so i stopped inviting them even when i come back to philadelphia i'm like yo i'm in town but you know, i'm doing okay cool if you miss me you miss me i'm not mm-hmm. going to bend over backwards to go running after somebody if you want to see me and you haven't seen me in years You'll make time. Yeah, you'll make time. And you'll make time for what you want to make time for. So I always, that's just a big life life lesson that, and not that I even got burnt by family and friends not supporting me. I just mm-hmm. knew early on, I'd rather see people who are going to pay one good time and buy into the brand and pay a, another time. Because mm-hmm. sometimes family and friends come to one thing just to say that they did it. Right. I came to your thing. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always just tell people, I got friends and they like, well, why didn't such a, I'm like, man, stop looking for your family to come. Right. Find new people that's going to buy into what you are presenting to them. Mm-hmm. So your family know you. I'm going to buy something. I know you. I know you big head. I know you, you know what I mean? Because right. they know you know. So they're like, all right, I'll come and support them whenever. But so I always, that's just like a life lesson that I always just, I always apply to life when I'm putting out anything, my books and all that stuff. Right. And that's, that's a great lesson to uh, put out because people, people certainly take things like that personally. Mm-hmm. And now you have this person living rent free in your head because they didn't come to your event. They, they skipped over, um, you know, the Black Music Month event in Atlanta and they were like, Oh, I'll get to the one in Philly. And then they didn't come to that one either. And speaking of those events, um, though, and for those of you listening, those are two events that Ike throws, um, or that he, uh, makes happen, um, for black music month. How did those two events come about and how did you end up having one in Philadelphia and one in Atlanta? Yeah. And I also had one in Nashville in 2018. Oh, um awesome. so, so now that's three major cities yes yes so you got philly you got atlanta and you got the music capital of nashville, nashville. yes which which i which since moving here was well, since 2018 i started building relationships so i know a bunch of people in nashville and okay. that's actually where i wanted to move next and then i decided to purchase a home um in atlanta so now I'm not moving to Nashville, but I love going there. It's only like less than four hours away from, from Atlanta. Um, but back to, back to um, the comeback. So the name of the event is called the comeback in the first eight years. It was just, a, it was the comeback Philly style. And um, I met Deanna Williams at a, um, Artists United event and she spoke, it was February and I, yeah, yeah, it was, it was February cause she, it was black, it was black history month, but they had her as a special guest to talk about media and all that stuff. And Deanna Williams, uh, for people who are not listening, I mean, who are now listening, um, she is a media, um, she's a media coach 
but she's also a radio personality and she's been in the industry for 40 years. Um, and she did an event called um, the I Am Conference, which was similar. I mean, but back in the day, she was on Whitney Houston, Queen Latifah, you know, that was mm. before social media, but she was, you know, you think about it, she was her, she was married to Kenny Gamble. So she was okay. attached to a big brand, her right. best friend, Kathy Hughes, you know, she was a radio personality on Kathy Hughes radio station back in the day. So she literally came up through the ranks of the unknown, you know, okay. what is radio? Who's throwing these type of events? Um, mm-hmm. It should like, she's just, oh my gosh, like she's just a book of like a walking history book right there. Like I love talking to her because I get excited as you can hear in my voice, like to hear the stories and the unknowns and her right. knocking on a lot of walls and, and walking through a lot of doors to make how we are here now you know you think about it she's a big influence on black entertainment Mm -hmm. you know because people was taught by her and then people like how i'm living off of information that she's giving me is helping me promote her so sorry i get on this little (laughs) but i met her and she started talking about black music month and i did not know nothing about black music month so my friend sonia she and I, I was literally in the shower and I thought about it. And mind you, I had Hidden Soul Wednesday going. So Hidden Soul Wednesday um been around since 20, uh, 2007 as an okay. open mic. It started in 2006 and then I created like a weekly event. So I already had this momentum of people coming to my open mic coming. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm music man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with there with the John Barbers, the Lynn Browns, the Locks. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in the fold. Like I'm my shit is on Wednesdays. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm popular with them. So I was like, all right. So Sonia and I, we drafted up a letter and asked her, I said, I want to have this event and I want to honor Deanna Williams. And that's how it came. And we did the sound of Philadelphia. We did, I mean, I had 19 artists. We did it at community college of Philadelphia. Once again, taking that relationship at community college of Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. calling my home girl. She gave me a dope discount to get their, um, to get their, uh, their auditorium okay. and I did my event there and then from there I just kept on going the next year I did Freedom Theater um then I went back then I went to World Cafe Live I mean the Painted Bride for a couple of years and I just kind of tried to move it to different locations just to kind mm-hmm. of spread the love um and I and uh, the last I think the last one I did was at World Cafe Live and um you know of course then COVID happened mm-hmm. but when I moved to Atlanta, I took a break in 2015. And then 2016, I, I also received, I did my first one. So that one was called the Comeback Power Brunch. Comeback, okay. eight, I'm sorry, the power, it was called the Comeback Power Brunch ATL. And it was more like a like a panel discussion with performances and, um, and uh, honoring. So when, what I had to do was, Philadelphia is all about music. We're all about, you know, the drums, the guitars, mm. you know, we want to see musicians. We want to see that drive. Right. Atlanta is more tracks, but they want to see people talk. They want to see celebrities talk. They want to eat. They want to brunch. Okay. Atlanta is a brunch. Sunday, fun day, brunch crap. Like that drives me crazy here, but that's what they love to do. So I had to then say, what is my demographic? Who is mm-hmm. my target? People that like to brunch. So let's do this event. So what I did was I did what on a Saturday brunch time and I have a panel of people who are in entertainment that's going to chat and chew and talk and, you know, have somebody, you know, so I was like, cool, that's my demographic. So that's how I built that up. In 2016, I actually received a proclamation from council, um, 
uh, Councilman at large, uh, Councilman Bond. So I have a proclamation here. So my day is June 18th of every year. Oh. It's my day that I celebrate um, Black Music Month here in Atlanta. Um, awesome. But I also have seven citations from um, in Philadelphia. Last year, I actually was on the Senate floor. Um, uh, Sharif Street actually presented me with this uh, with a uh, citation. Um, on the Senate floor in Harrisburg, which I thought was pretty dope. Um, Senator Vincent Hughes has given me a um, citation. Um, my girl, Blondell Reynolds. Um, Reynolds um, dang, it's so many people. Congressman Shaka Patai. Mm -hmm. um, dang, it, I can't even, I'm drawing a blank. Um, the mayor, I got two citations from the mayor. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's just so, so I put in that, that, that effort, you know, right. um, because I tell people when I die, I don't want people to say, okay, Isaac was the son of Pam, the, the, the sibling to Sharon, mm -hmm. and that's it. I want people to read and say, you know, he did eight years of open mic. He did a, he created this event called the Comeback Philly Style. Let's read the citations. Okay, if I die before, you know, some of the senators of city council, I want them to come and say, Isaac, mm -hmm. well, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing these things for my legacy. You know, right. and another, another uh, slogan um, that I have is um, "Leave a legacy, not a problem." That's a quote mm. that I that I that I now that I kind of uh, incorporated into my brand as well because people can leave problems all day, mm -hmm. but why leave problems? Leave a legacy, not a problem. Get your stuff together. You know, um, create these things that people want to read and learn and, and and eat off. For you know, become a part of the history books. And when I think about the citations and the proclamations that I had, they're in the books of the state. You know, right. you can Google those things. You can say, okay, well, Isaac said he did this, that, and the other. Okay, it's right here. So I want I want my nephew to to be able to Google me and say, you know, my uncle was the man. Like he did his thing, and boop, boop, you know, I hope to be alive into a hundred, but you know, I, I want to be able to have those conversations. But if not, I want to leave that legacy and not that problem of, okay, when he was on this earth, he mm -hmm. called, you know, havoc here. I want, you know, so that, that's how I look at a lot of stuff in life. Like I just don't, I want people to continuously have something to say um, about my brand. I don't want it to be, you know, all this work goes for naught. Like, mm, yeah, he wasn't, you know, so, so right. the brand, that's how the comeback was discovered. And then okay. I realized that Nashville had a market. So what I did with Nashville, it's a it's a country town, but it's a lot of black it's a lot of black artists. I'm trying to. It's so many black people in in Nashville. It's crazy, and people think it's just country. No, it's some black country singers there too, and it's some black good R&B and opera singers that are there. So with them, I said, well, they're a country town. Let's do an acoustic set. So what I did oh, wow. was. Yeah, what I did was it was nothing but acoustic. It wasn't a full band. It was acoustic. And I wound up making the event for free because I don't know, God was just blessing me to like get people to help me. So when mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool, people are helping me. I'm just going to open it up. Let it just be a free event because nothing, okay. I, was, I wasn't coming out of pocket. It was great. It was such a dope experience with them. And um, I only got a chance to do it one time um, because when I tried to do it in 2019, um, it's just things wasn't working out, you know, mm -hmm. like I had Bobby Jones, um, uh, Shannon Sanders, uh, uh, the VP over at, um, E1. Like, I mean, I had some, some players, you know what I mean? To, to right. go ahead and, and it didn't work out, you know, it was kind of like, uh, things were falling apart. My team in Nashville was kind of like, you know, lackadaisical. And I was just like, you know what, God, let me just pull myself out of this because if I, if I feel like it's not running at a at a everybody is really into it and right. i might as well stop because i'd rather know that and not show up and nothing everything falls apart so 
Um, but yeah, so I can I can honestly say that I'm in three different cities, and awesome. um, yeah, and and the event has definitely made an impact. And even with my open mics and with the comeback, I have so many people that are now doing major things as artists that come back to me, be like, Ike, if it wasn't for you, you know, wow. you know, my, that's my legacy with a lot of these artists. They're like, Ike, I never performed with a live band. I have mm-hmm. so it's you would not believe the artists that come to me that you see now that's rocking out of Philly that never performed in front of 300 people at the Painted Bride. Mm-hmm. So that's preparing them. And even with the comeback, I, I, what I do is educate. I'm all about educating anything I do. So even at the comeback, it was about timing. It was about, mm-hmm. you know, being on time, learning your notes, learning your work. All that, all those things are mental things that they didn't even realize they were learning. Because Got some it. of them didn't know how to hold a microphone. Some of them would cup the microphone. Some of them, um, so, um, what's her name? Uh, Sunday Best winner, um, uh, Kafia Rollison. You know, she would cup the mic, but my my stage manager was like, "No, don't do it like that." And it was so hard for her mm-hmm. to not hold the mic, cupping it with you know. But she learned, and right. that was something that she now can apply when she performs at other things. So things that people know, we correct that, we show mm-hmm. them the way, and then they're like, now they're a better artist because they remember the rehearsals you right know? and they, even with that i'm executive producing it so i'm paying for all of that so i'm looking at them like come on let's go I hire, mm-hmm. i'm hiring the right people to kind of keep them going and motivated so it's just a whole it's a whole production um, right. when it comes to the philadelphia one uh atlanta is like they kind of prepared to get their own stuff together and show up the day of and perform and okay. then that one time people already so philly is the one that i really fly back to philly i go through all the rehearsals and i'm there um, bringing in the waters, you know what I mean? Food. Right. So that's a bigger production, but the other cities are more self, they're more self-contained. These okay. artists are recording their stuff and tracking it out and stuff like that. So that's right. how the comeback became. Wow. That is, see, I, and I'd known about the comeback, um, especially like from following on social media, things of that nature, but I didn't know all of that was involved and that is incredible especially when you know it's when when from sitting here and listening to you explain it and talk about it it sounds a lot like a give back because yeah. you're giving back to these artists and you're giving back to people who want to come and, and and if you think about it all of that stuff happens at essence fest yeah so it's like you're you it's it's three smaller or i don't even want to say smaller it's three stretched off um essence fest where people get excited and they come and they're like yo you're going to the are you going to the comeback like yeah absolutely i'm going to the comeback or i'm going i'm not only going to the comeback i'm performing at the comeback so it's like like you said all these things that you're doing and that quote leave a legacy not a problem you can absolutely uh, expect me to be tagging you on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter with that one because I, that was incredible. Um, but you know, the, the cool thing is like you mentioned smaller ones and, and that's from day one. Even with my open mics, I want small intimate settings because I feel like this, you'll meet more people crammed in a room. Mm-hmm. You, ever be at, you ever be at like a house party or an event and you step on somebody's toes, you're like, I'm sorry, excuse right. me. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a painter. Oh, mm-hmm. and you want to find that painting or right. you want to follow them on Instagram. That's my purpose. My purpose is to have small intimate settings because I want people to bump into each other. I want somebody to spill something be like, oh, let me get that. I want mm-hmm. those, those interactions because I market to a demographic that like I don't, 
no time in my open mic years have I had a problem. No wow. fights, no nothing. I had one one issue and that had nothing to do with my, that was just a neighbor not wanting one of the musicians to sit on a step. But I'm talking about the people who paid to get in, never has it been a problem. No fights, no drug overdose, no coffee being mm-hmm. like none of that. So you're as good as your last. And I feel like I'm great at the last thing that I've done. Right. Um, but yeah, it's I've, always a great time. So I pride myself on doing small, intimate settings because that's what I, I, I love that. And I have to stay true to me. You know what mm, I mean? The absolutely. Changing the perception. And like back to the workbook, the changing the perception is 80% perception, 20% reality. And after my workbook, after you read the workbook and go through all the activities, your perception is now going to be 80% reality and 20% perception to where you're more truthful to who you are. Mm. And that 20% is posting those beautiful pictures, you know, drawing the people in. But when you get them in, I want 80% of you to be real. Like, I don't want you to be fake and phony. I want you to say, sir, I can't do that. I can figure out how to do that. Because some people say, I'm just going to lie my way, that fake it till you make it quote. Which I never understood, but. It's like, (laughs) so I'm trying to get people to understand that you don't have to fake it. You can be real and say, I don't know. But let me tell you, I have resources so hire me for the main thing and then i can resource out and i always tell people you your business can be bigger than life if you mm-hmm. just the right people that you can refer to so if i know that you come to me and you need um uh, a graphic done i'm not a graphic artist but i can still bring you in as a client and then outsource and get the graphic done now it's up right. to me to say i outsource this or i just have it outsourced and then my brand is great and that person got paid and that person don't want nothing mm-hmm. so i don't have to bring them into equation because in, at the end of the day your customer is who you're trying to please right you know but don't fake it till you make it i mean i understand that statement but i understand it because i don't think that the the, the statement really means be a liar. I think it means draw the people in and figure it out. Right. I have you as a client. You need X, Y, and Z. I'm now figuring it out. I'm faking mm-hmm. it until I can make it. I'm faking it out until I can get a good amount of pe- team. You know? Right. I guess I'm faking it until I make it because I'm answering all my emails, all my calls, and I'm, I'm posting you know, so I need to I need to make my brand what it is until I can make it to a point where I can hire the right person that's going mm-hmm. to stay consistent, you know, with my brand and want to stick around and is okay with the, the funding that I have to pay them. Right. So I get it. You know, another, another um, thing that is, uh, it's not who you know is which it's not uh, what you know is who you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I struggle with that because I get it. Like if I know, if I, I know Deanna, so it's not what I know is who I know. So I can just go to Deanna and get a favor out of her or I can ask for a contact or whatever like that. Right. But I always feel like it is what, you know, gets you to who, you know, because if you you are not educated, if you're not smart enough, if I can, okay. So story, if well, not story, but an example, if I call Deanna and I say, Deanna, I need, um, I don't even know a number, a phone number. And she said, okay, I, I'm going to give you the phone number of that celebrity or that Mm -hmm. contact. I have to be smart enough to hold an educated conversation with that person. Because if I ain't educated and and able to hold a conversation, first of all, Deanna is not going to give me that number. Mm -hmm. She's not going to embarrass herself by giving somebody ignorant a number and don't know. Right. So I feel like you have to know something 
that mm-hmm. gets you to who you know. Because if I'm, if I'm a, if I'm a dummy and I don't know that one plus one equals two, and I don't see that Deanna is a good a good connect to get to something else, or this person is a good person to connect mm-hmm. to this, then what do right. I know? I don't exactly. know nothing. You know what I'm saying? So and it's then, like you therefore you'll people. know no one. Yeah. So it's like it's like you know it's what you know gets you to who you know because mm-hmm. you have to know something. Because once Absolutely. you get there, you have to know how to apply yourself. You have to know how to close the deal. Yes. So, yeah, I never really I, something. I never subscribe to, to it's not what you know, it's who you know. Because I need to be smart enough to know that person. Because if, exactly. if I'm not exactly to be in a room and network and get to build a relationship, mm-hmm. build a relationship, then what do I really know? Because exactly. I'm never going to get to to know anybody because I don't know how to get to that somebody that's going to get me to the next person. So, right. You know, it's certain quotes that I just, I don't subscribe to. I kind of yeah. like, all right, well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but the good. one that you dropped here was was one that I, because we, we as a culture sometimes, and when I say as a culture, I'm referring to black and brown people. We, we do leave problems. You know, we, we leave the Jordans. I can't do nothing with them Jordans that you wore on your feet. I need yeah. some stocks and bonds or something. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, so before I, uh, before I let you go, I just got one more question for you. Mm-hmm. And that question is, what advice would you give to someone looking to be them, their best selves, um, but they're feeling stuck due to all of the restrictions that were in place during COVID and you know they're staying inside and they just feel there's nothing I can do because I can't really go anywhere I can't really access anyone what advice would you give them well I mean if any the person that's listening that is struggling with that that question um I feel like COVID-19 this pandemic was definitely something that nobody saw coming but I feel like staying in the house i feel like all the opportunity the way that the now we're doing things virtual mm-hmm. i feel like that like literally that was the time for that person that's listening to have better themselves to educate themselves to watch a little more read more um think about the things that they you know do that SWOT analysis of what they can do um as, as a person especially if they're stuck with wanting to do something with them with themselves as a brand mm-hmm. or they're thinking of ideas you know whether it's um um opening up a business or you know like a brick and mortar but can't do it but this was the time to to like research what that looked like create an online store that then you can then say well i have the funds to do a brick and mortar but right now nobody's opening up or releasing too right so right. you can create an online presence or create content while you're sitting home and stuff like that mm-hmm. um I just I just want to motivate people. It's not too late. It's not too late to really dig deep. It's not too late to say, let me do a SWOT analysis. Even if you don't purchase my book, I would just stress that you should definitely understand who you are as a brand Mm. and what you want to do. And I always tell people too, you know, create a mission statement. A mission statement is not just for a Fortune 500 company. A mission statement is not just for Sony. A mission statement is not just for AT and T. A mission statement defines who you are and defines what I would get if I chose to to deal with you as a as a brand. And right. people just need to if you if you understand who you are, you should you will have no problem walking in a room and having a conversation. So it starts with who you are and mm-hmm. you understanding, being able to recite who you are. Because if I walk in a room and I'm stuttering over what I do as a person, as a business, then right. nobody's gonna believe me. 
You know, Absolutely. people judging you in your first seven seconds, you know, from your shoes to the top of your head. So if your shoes are turned over, nine out of ten, I'm looking like, yeah, I don't, because you put those shoes on. So mm-hmm. I can't cannot trust you with my brand if your shoes look like that or if your gotcha. shirt looks like this or your hair look like that. And it's unfortunate, but you have, you are, you are your brand. Exactly. Um, so I would just let anybody know, like, it's not too late because we're still kind of in this, in this weird space of, mm-hmm not knowing what's next. And I think that everybody listening should find that thing, do their research on it and not feel stuck. Right. But I think a lot of people feel stuck because they don't know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And also too, if you don't know what you want to do, and let's just say if somebody's listening and they wanted to do a makeup line or they wanted to do a skincare line or they wanted to do a podcast, do the podcast, send it to about five people, do a, do a, um, a, a think tank, and that's when you take an odd number of people so somebody can break the tie and say, all right, I did this podcast, you know, what y'all think? Okay. Do your own research before you put it out into the world because you may suck at being a host. You mm. may suck at makeup. And then now you'll have those people to let you know. Like, no, you should, no, no, fam, you should go, you know, maybe you should assist. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you should just, I don't know. Find gotcha. somebody, and that helps you understand if this is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. So sometimes people, you have to you have to test what you're doing. You have to do a self evaluation on who you are as a Absolutely. person. Because you may not need to be doing anything but going to work. Some people think that they want to be an entrepreneur, but some people need to understand it may not be for you. That is true. Your, your gift may be an investor. You know, your gift may be. I'm going to invest in this. I want to open up a barbershop, right? That's a, that's my two to three year goal. Okay. I can't cut here, but guess what? I love the fact that I want to be a business owner and I want right. to own a barbershop. So I have to understand, I don't know how to cut hair. So what do I need to do? I need to find somebody that's dope at cutting, cutting hair, mm-hmm. but also knows how to manage a barbershop. So they can tell me how, show me how to manage. Right. Right. But then I may take that person and put them in place to be a key holder. So now you're opening and closing, mm. you're hiring and firing, but I'm hiring and firing you. If you do right. something wrong. like, you know, I'm still, tr- I still would trump everything that goes on, but I, I'm not going to get up here and cut hair, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go to a barbering school to understand how to cut hair. Because if I'm owning this business and I see my barber that just came out of school is cutting somebody's hair wrong, guess what? You become a liability to me. Absolutely. You cut that man's hair off because I'm watching you at an angle where I'm watching you clip and clip the wrong way. I need to be able to address that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because then you're a liability to me, even though I'm mm-hmm. going to have a from everybody in case something happened, my, 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 the, the building, the people, like can nothing go wrong and falling back on me. So, but mm-hmm. I have to be smart enough to know that why would I waste my time trying to cut hair? That's just wasting my time when I can be sitting back managing and building my brand out because now I can sit and know that I have a strong lead barber and I can be working on the marketing. I can look mm-hmm. for more investors. I can be looking to expand and right. stuff like that. So, um, just any and everybody, you know, the book is available on Amazon. The book is available on my website, which is imthemedia.com. Purchase the book. I promise you the book is going to, it's going to motivate you to just start thinking about who you are as mm, a person. Yes. Um, and the one thing about my book too, is not when you get to the last page, you will not be a millionaire. 
you are not. You would be somebody who is who is uh, woke on mm. what they want to do and be as a, as a brand. So and got I, some more inspiration. Yeah, it's because I always tell people I'm the guy before all the glitz and glamour. I'm the guy that sits down and strips everything down. So you can see yourself naked as a brand and say, mm-hmm. okay, let's start putting the power, let's start putting these clothes on. Let me, okay, go shirt. I'm you're building. You know, right. I want people to understand that you have to strip all the way down so you can understand who you are. Yes. And then start putting those layers on and build Absolutely. And be comfortable in those layers that you put on because people just pile on clothes and they're like, All right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but you don't even know how you got those those layers on. You just know that you're dressed and ready to go out into the world. Mm-hmm. But you didn't check the weather. You didn't check. You know, you didn't look outside first. Come outside with snow with snow boots on and it's eighty degrees. Mm. You done with all that time getting dressed for winter and it's still summer outside. Right. So it's just it's just things like that. So people that are listening, just just know who you are first before even announcing that you're doing anything. Mm. It starts with you. The brand is you. Absolutely. If, when all things fail, you're stuck with the microphone. You're stuck with the clippers. You're stuck with the, you know, the wig caps. You're stuck with the, the book. Mm. But who's buying, who's listening? Who's buying? Who's selling into it? Like who's buying into it? So some people, if you're listening and you're like, mm, I ain't going back. Maybe you just supposed to be an investor. Mm-hmm. If you get your percentage and you live off of that, like, yo, I own a restaurant. I don't know how to cook shit, but I own it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You're still a restaurant owner. You still right. can then go and do interviews being a restaurant owner, telling your truth, your perception, your 80%. Mm. I don't know how to cook nothing, but I had the money to invest. Exactly. You know what and, I'm saying? and there's nothing wrong with being an investor. It, nothing right. at all. So. so that 20% of perception is the beautiful restaurant. I can mm-hmm. post about my restaurant. That's right. not a lie, but it's a perception that makes people buy into that 80% of the exactly. reality of, that is with you as the person. So exactly. So listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking to, you know, expand your brand, if you don't know what your brand is and but, you know, you are one after listening to listening to today's conversation, as you have heard from um, an A1 professional on, you know, being a brand and what it takes to be a brand, make sure you make sure you hit him up. You know, um, if you need to get in touch with them, but you don't want to reach directly out to him, you can hit me up, uh, hit me up in a DM and I'll pass your message along. But Ike, before we go, so that the people know how to get in touch with you so that they know how to get the book. I know you said earlier it was on Amazon plus your website, um, but just give them your information so that they can reach out to you and, you know, get in contact. So the website, you can find everything on the website. Um, it's www.im3media, uh, that's M-E-D-I-A.com. Um, and then you can also email me at im3media at gmail.com. So that's I as in Isaac, M as in Mary, the number three, media. Because a lot of people think it's I am and it's I am. So, um, uh, you know, people are like, I emailed you. And I'm like, what is it? Like, I am. And I'm like, no, it's I am. Mm. So um, I always try and make sure I kind of spell it out just so people, you know, will get me the first time. You know, sometimes people hype to talk and then they email the wrong person and it's All like right. a week go by and they like the momentum, the excitement is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, but yeah, I definitely enjoyed this. Um, and I love just, just real quick, let them know um, 
how they can get you on social media also? Oh, social media. It's Izzy Ike. That's I-Z-Z-Y-I-K-E. Um, and then my Twitter is I-M-3-Media uh, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, Facebook is Izzy Ike as well. I-Z-Z-Y-I-K-E. Cool. And all of that will also be in the description of this episode. So all you got to do is literally go in the description, click the link, and it'll take you straight to his website, straight to his platforms. Um, Ike, I appreciate you, man. I, I'm definitely grateful for you taking the time sitting down to talk with me and i can't wait till the people hear this one. Uh, yeah I, I can't wait either um and i just like i said i love what i do um spreading this you know you know sometimes you gotta be careful when you're like giving all this information because like why buy the book why i go to the seminar why you know but i'm just sharing i mean because i think what's for me is for me so mm-hmm. if, if people are listening they're like oh well, this is enough i don't need to buy the book i'm okay with that because i know that they're leaving motivated to do something great right. with their lives so it's never like a money a money thing for me it's it's just putting it out there and putting a putting a cost a price to your knowledge you know what mm-hmm. i mean because i would give it away for free but then that doesn't make sense because you're investing in a piece of something that you want to be great in so if you invest in 12 dollars and 97 cents into this so you can get to that million dollars that's mm-hmm. nothing to where you should be thinking I'm going to go like this $13 ain't nothing compared to what I want to make yearly. You know what right. I mean? So that little thing is an investment. So I look at it like that. $13 is a little small investment. That's going to take you a long way. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Isaac Ham, the third, AKA is the Ike. Make sure y'all get in touch with them and I'll be in touch with you soon, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Prosperity conceals it, please believe it So I'ma spit lyrics up, keep it believing And I'ma always be me, I keep it a hundred, I mean it Adversity reveals genius, prosperity